Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs, or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello and welcome to the Haunted Estate. Hello, my lovely loves. You are back with me, Selena, the host of the Haunted Estate, here twice in one day. What is that? How do we fancy that? It's real. I'm here. Um, I decided I'm going to just hammer a couple out today, and it might take a couple days off, simply because I'm working on this book, and I'm like a child, right? So you sit down to study, and there's an ant on the floor, and you must create this ant an entire ecosystem before you can study that's that's me. Um, I've been supposed to write this book. Good use of language there, Selena. I'm supposed to be writing this book. I have taken a nap, ate four bowls of ice cream, gotten McDonald's, played with my dogs, done some laundry. Um, but you know, we're getting there. And to kind of get keep myself excited about it, I'm going to read you guys another little tidbit from the same chapter that I did before. I just find this story super, super interesting. So... Without further ado, tonight on The Haunted Estate, we're going to talk about cool shit like we usually do. Maybe we'll get some stories. Maybe we won't. We didn't last episode, but that's okay. We'll read some cool articles. Those are always cool. My book, pretty cool. Maybe I'll share a story. Anyways, I've been told that my voice is very annoying. Would you like me to be more seductive? Or would you like me to be more, hey, and how are you? Let me know by going to the Facebook page, The Haunted Estate little user poll. I'll try and figure out how to do that. Regardless, anyways, let's do this. Have a great time. Have a story or episode idea? Call it in. Toll free at 1-877-260-3428 or visit theparanormalpodcast.com top right corner and mail it in. Okay, this is a, a little... Well, it's not little. Let's do like four chapters from, not four chapters, four paragraphs from this chapter in my book called The Huntsville House. Pretty much this area of this chapter is pretty much laying out the story before I come into the house. So here we go. The mother and daughter duo had stayed the evening downstairs with Frank and Susan, having a nightcap and talking about the history of the home. 
The young 20-somethings had taken over one of the upstairs bathrooms to do what young 20-somethings do. The older gentleman was wandering the rooms and taking pictures. At 10 p.m., the older man entered the room with a strange request. He directed his question to Susan, asking if she would mind if he read a story to her son when they put him down to sleep. Susan stood abruptly, explaining to the man that there were no children on the premises. The man put his hand to his mouth. He said that he was at the end of the hall that had the guest rooms. The last room on the left was open, and inside was a young boy playing on the floor, laughing, talking out loud. He had told the man that his name was Arthur, that he was six, and that the people who owned the house were his parents. Frank and Susan sprung for the stairs, knowing that the last room on the left was for storage, that all the furniture was scattered, covered in sheets, door locked. They took the stairs three at a time, racing down the hall. They're looking down the hall. It was the only door swung open. Frank led the way, Susan five steps behind him. She didn't see the room, but she saw the look on Frank's face. He went white as a ghost. Susan took the remaining steps to discover that all the furniture was placed against the walls, sheets folded on a freshly made bed, a bed made with the linens that had been thrown out a month ago. And in the middle of a room was a toy train and a large puddle of muddy water. By this time, the mother-daughter duo and the older gentleman were behind them, only squeaks and gasps coming from their mouths. Only a few hours earlier, they had opened the room and shown, them, and shown them an example of what the house was like when they first arrived. So everyone knew it was not in this state. Frank entered the room, reaching down to touch the water. It was oily and warm. No words were exchanged until the older man spoke up. He said he had seen things like this and that this now would conclude his trip. He thanked Susan and Frank for the hospitality and was gone within the hour. The mother-daughter duo were more intrigued than anything. Frank and Susan didn't want to talk about it, to be known as a haunted attraction. They decided not to tell the young couple, said their goodnights. They spent their evening talking about what happened, about what they should do, trying to find an explanation as to what might have caused this. So that is from my upcoming book, um, as of now, it's called Born Haunted, but I'm starting to think that's a little tacky. Um, it's pretty much me comprising a bunch of my experiences, cases that I have worked on, experiences that I have personally had. Pretty much um, because you sit down with people and they, they want to know everything, and I would just really love to have a book. Um, also, to go along with the podcast, I think it'll make me a little bit more notable, things like that. So if you're going to want that eventually, I'm sure it will be available on Amazon and iTunes, and I'm really hoping to get it on Audible. I've heard that they can be pretty hard to work with, but we can hope for the best. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Eight real haunted houses you can visit. 
This is a fun one. You're going to have to see the article to really get the essence of it. Eight haunted houses you can actually visit. They have pictures of all of these houses. And I have to say the first one is really my dream house. Um, so the first one is of a red brick house, very dilapidated, very run down, very abandoned looking. Costumed madmen wielding fake chainsaws are fun, but sometimes you want the real deal. An authentic, hair-raising, spine-chilling walk-through place where bad things actually happened. Here within, eight real haunted houses fit for real thrill-seekers. The first one is the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose, California. What happens when a grief-stricken woman has a ton of dough and a lot of time on her hands? The answer, the Winchester Mystery House. A seven-story mansion filled with serpentine hallways, secret passages, passageways, and eerie staircases that lead to nowhere. Sarah Winchester constructed the bizarre mansion at the behest of spirits who were gunned down by her husband's deadly invention, the Winchester Rifle. Next, we have the Lemp Mansion, St. Louis, Missouri. This is just a big city hall-looking building. Now a theater, B&B, &B, and restaurant, the Lemp Mansion used to be for the Lemp family, a powerful clan of beer barons at the turn of the 20th century. Darkness soon consumed the Lamps. By 1950, four members committed suicide, three of whom died inside their gloomy St. Louis home. And it's their footsteps you will hear as you sip your brew. Once you're buzzed, join on a Lemp Mansion tour, which usually occurs every Monday night at 7 p.m. I'm ready. Let's go all together. <laughs> the Grove in Jefferson, Texas. Beautiful looking uh, plantation house. A, a quaint front porch property located in northeastern Texas, Riverport City, the Grove has not only one, but two or three resident apparitions. There's a lady in white who takes the same path through the house when she appears, a man who rustles through the lilies out back, and a Don John sort who makes nice with purdy ladies. Get to know the specters every Saturday at 2 p.m. and Sunday at 11 a.m. when tours are usually held. The next is the Wild West, Jerome, Arizona. Jerome, Arizona. This is just a very vacant-looking brick structure. No windows, no anything in it. Jerome used to be a muscling copper mining town, and it's thought today that the home has 400 residents. It continues to hum and stir with paranormal activity. Ghosts of prostitutes, outlaws, and those killed from the tragic mining accidents make up the otherworldly population. You can tour the Wild West. Keep an eye peeled for Sammy Dean, a working gal who was strangled in the curb district and continues to roam the alleys looking for her killer who was never caught. The Velisca Murder House. I have an episode on this. You know what this looks like. Cute little grandma's white-sided house. You know, couldn't have a, have a lick of trouble. Forget the field of dreams. The real reason to visit Iowa is this house of nightmares, the Velisca Axe Murder House. In 1912, a ruthless killer bludgeoned to death Josiah Moore, his wife, and their four kids, and two other visiting children. The attacker's identity remains a mystery. Today, the historic farmhouse is open to tours or even staying the night, though guests usually cut their stay short once the visions of the murderer with the axe begin. Understandable. 
tours start March 28th to October 31st. For scaredy cats, there are daylight visits Tuesday through Thursday from 1 to 3.30 p.m. For die-hard ghost hunters, there are overnighters. Check in at 4 p.m. and then check out, hopefully, the next morning at 9 a.m. Next one on the list is the Lizzie Borden House in River Fall, Massachusetts. Here we go, a big two-story house and you could see it in any kind of sleepy-eyed town. Even though the murders happened more than a century ago, this crime scene turned national landmark remains the hotbed for macabre enthusiasts, hoping to meet the ghost of Lizzie's parents, whom she allegedly hacked to death with a hatchet. Tours at the Lizzie Borden house are held from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. every day. But let's be honest, if you want the full experience, sleep in one of the bedrooms where the bludgeoning occurred. Watch a grisly reenactment and then relive it all the next morning over coffee and eggs. Myrtle's Plantation, St. Francisville, Louisiana. One of my favorites. We have a podcast on this. We've had some actual... Um, stories written in about this. So it is known as one of the most haunted places in America and for good reason. 12 plus ghosts roam the grounds of, Mar- of Myrtle's plantation. One spirit is Chloe, a slave girl who hangs out in the breezeway of the mansion's general store. Another is the unknowned, unnamed ghost girl, a young lassie dressed in her antebellum best who often materializes in pictures. Tours are offered daily from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can even stay the night and experience the plantation's dark side when the sun goes down. The Whaley House, San Diego, California. Once a prominent family in California, the Whaleys are now just faded apparitions drifting through the Whaley House, a sprawling mid-19th century Greek revival mansion. But they're not alone. Now a museum, the Whaley House, has a history of hangings, suicides, and untimely deaths, making it the home to several lost souls outside the family. One such spirit is Yankee Jim, who was hanged from the gallows on the site where the house sits now. The schleps, he schleps through the house with heavy footsteps. Self-guided daytime tours are available between 10 a.m. and 4.30 p.m., though we suggest booking a paranormal ghost hunt, which goes down from 10.30 p.m. to midnight. Check out the calendar for dates. So that is a really fun article on thelineup.com. It will be on the ha- thehauntedestate.com, theparanormalpodcast.com, whatever you want. Underneath blog, you will find this episode's links, and they'll be there to click on. So head over, check out those pictures. So beautiful. Great photography. A ghost in the room. The haunted history of Rocky Hill Castle. This article, along with others, will be at theparanormalpodcast.com. This one does include a lot of very cool pictures, so you will want to swing by and check that out underneath the blogs tab. A Ghost in the Room, the Haunted History of Rocky Hill Castle. Though sadly no longer standing, Rocky Hill Castle was once one of the strangest and grandest pieces of architecture in Alabama. It was also known as one of the state's most haunted locations. Built between 1858 and 1861, Rocky Hill Castle was a plantation house built for James Edmund Saunders to replace his previous home that had stood on the ground since the 1820s. It was said that Saunders demolished his old dwelling and oversaw the construction of Rocky Hill Castle because he wanted a grander dwelling. Clearly, he accomplished this goal. 
Built using a combination of Greek revival and Italian architecture, the interior of the Rocky Hill boasted some of the most elaborate wood and plaster work in the state, perhaps the most striking feature in the entire mansion. However, the most beautiful part was the five-story Gothic Revival Tower, complete with battlements and connected to the house through a high stone wall with a dramatic Tudor arch. The octagonal tower reportedly housed Saunders' slaves, and it was said that he stood on the top of the floor to shout out orders and survey his lands. The architect or architects of Rocky Hill are unknown, but it's, but it's best known for the ghost stories surrounding the plantation. As told in 13 Alabama Ghosts and Jeffrey, claims that the house was built in a built by a Frenchman, and Saunders had refused to pay his bill shortly thereafter the architect died. His ghost then returned and haunted the estate, chipping away the foundation in the cellar. As the story goes, the sounds of his ghostly hammering echoed from the lower levels of Rocky Hill for as long as the house stood. After James Saunders died, ownership of Rocky Hill was passed through the family before ending in the hands of Dr. Dudley Saunders, James Edmund Saunders' grandson. The doctor did not stay long. According to local lore, he and his family abandoned the house in the 1920s due to his ghostly activity that took place within its walls. One account tells of a frustrated Mrs. Saunders who demanded that if any spectral entities were present, that they speak up or forever hold their peace. A phantom voice bellowed in her ear, Madame, I'm right here. The family is said to have packed up and fled within hours. Rocky Hill, slept, <laughs> Rocky Hill slipped into a state of disrepair. After the departure of the doctor and his family, the final owners demolished the structure in 1961. Before the destruction, Alex Bush photographed the Rocky Hill Castle in 1935 as a, as a part of the Historic American Building Survey. According to the observers, Bush photographs captured evidence of ghostly phenomena, including a fairly clear image of a man's face in a collared shirt. Indeed, Rocky Hill had accumulated wealth of spectral rumors long before the eerie photographs were taken. Stories circulated of a lady in blue who had come searching for her lost lover. She was seen in a stairwell and in the wine cellar. Others reported clanking of chains and the ghosts of Civil War soldiers. The house did serve as a hospital during the Civil War, and several Confederate soldiers were buried nearby. The Saunders family kept a cemetery. A man who lived in the cabin near the house claimed to hear the mansion's piano playing by itself while other tales spoke of illicit slave trading, a secret tunnel that ran from the rocky cellar to the hill castle in Tennessee. That is a fun one. There are definitely some very beautiful photos with definitely, definitely some spirit photography. This last one right here is a man. Oh, wow. Really spectacular. If you want to see those photos, this article will be up on the website. The ghost light in the window. The Drish House Haunting. This is another article that, yes, will be up on the website. This is called The Ghost Light in the Window, The Drish House Haunting. They say that the widow's ghost lingers in the tower and sets the house ablaze with phantom fire. 
Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Oh, I'm going to butcher this. In Tuscaloosa, Alabama, final touches are being put on the restoration of the Drish House, a stately home that now holds a spot on the National Register of Historic Places. However, the Drish House has not always been a priority of preservation. In fact, the Drish House has changed many hands since the tragic deaths of its original owners. And some think it has to do with its haunting. Built over the course of two years, starting in 1837, the Drish house belonged to slave owner John Drish and his wife Sarah. The marriage was a second for both of them. Their first spouses had both died, and Sarah's husband was left quite a wealthy woman. Drish's slaves were instrumental in the building and of the new home, and much of its rich architecture can be attributed to their work. In 1867, tragedy struck. Drish, an alleged alcoholic, was sobering up after a night of drinking when he got the shakes and went into a hallucinatory state. He ran across the hallway and threw himself up from the upstairs balcony, killing himself upon impact at the bottom of the stairs. Sarah, now a widow, twice over, was devastated. Drish had left an elaborate, had left elaborate burial, burial requests for his funeral, and she ensured that these, that these requests were carried out to the letter. After his death, however, the widow became obsessed with grief. Sarah insisted that when she died, she was to have the exact same treatment of her husband. She even saved the candles that had been used at his wake, so they might burn them at her, fun at her funeral. Yet, when Sarah did die in 1884, she had hidden the candles so well that no one could find them and honor her dying wish. Many see this failure to carry out a mournful woman's final request as the spark had sparked and ignited the Drish house hauntings. Not long after Sarah's death, a local was alarmed to find a fire building in the front tower of the home. An emergency call was made, yet when the responders arrived, no fire burned. These phantom fire sightings had happened repeatedly. Some surmised that it was Sarah's spirit lingering in the tower that set the space ablaze in anger, or disappointment that her husband's candle had not been burned at her own funeral. The house changed over changed over ownership multiple times in the ensuing years. The building was used as apartments during the Tuscaloosa's population expansion, as a school owned by Tuscaloosa Board of Education was a wrecking company, and as a church when the time, during the time which an adjacent structure was built to house various Sunday school classes, these transitions were brought to the house in the late 20th century. When the church finally closed in 1995 for financial reasons, the old Drish house slipped into abandonment and was eventually condemned by the city. That all changed in the new millennium. First, the Tuscaloosa Country County Preservation Society took over the Drish house, conducting initial repairs before selling it to a private owner in 2008. After the house was fixed to the point of safety, a team of paranormal investigators were allowed to examine the alleged paranormal activity. While there, there were no major breakthroughs. The team did capture some anomalous activity and were bolstered by the fact that they had finally gained access to the Drish house after years of being off-limits. 
The current owner of the Drish House hopes to restore the estate to its original charm and open it up to the public as a historical and cultural place of interest. Beginning in May of this year, you can host a corporate event, party, or, if you and your partner are history diehards with a taste for the paranormal, a wedding. Those curious about visiting should head over to the Facebook page, which gives deep details on how to book a space. Readers should always check, also check out 13 Alabama Ghosts and Jeffrey by Catherine Tucker, Wyndham, and Margaret Gerlis. House of Darkness, the haunting of the parent. Oh, yes, my friends, you are right, the Perrin family. This is The Conjuring Story. This article, like all others, will be up at theparanormalpodcast.com. Hit blogs. You will find all the linkmen, the linkments. oh, wow, the links there. Their chilling account reads like a supernatural thriller, but the real-life horrors of the Perrin family claim that they experienced more terrifying things than anything produced on the screen. In the winter of 1970, Roger and Carolyn Perrin and their five children moved into a quaint two-story home located in the seemingly quiet countryside of Harrisville, Rhode Island, called the Old Arnold Estate. The farmhouse wasted no time in unleashing its terror upon the new inhabitants. Through the entire family, they were all subjected to paranormal encounters. Carolyn seemed to receive the most ghostly attention. She describes one of her earliest incidents in the Providence Journal, saying that she awoke to a woman in a gray dress, her head hanging off to the side as a voice moaned, Get out, get out, I'll drive you out with death and gloom. Levitating beds, floating household objects, and strange noises in the night persisted. But the worst of the haunting came when an evil entity tormented Carolyn from within. Her, no, her name was Bathsheba Thayer. She was born in Rhode Island in 1812 and lived in the surrounding countryside of Harrisville with her family, John Dudson Sherman. Oh, wow. With her husband, Judson Sherman. Records indicate that Bathsheba gave birth to four children, three of whom died very young, while the infant, material, the infant mortality rate remained high through the 19th century. These particular deaths were, were these particular deaths had fueled rumors that Bathsheba practiced the dark arts and even sacrificed her baby daughter to the devil. None of the accusations can be proven. Journalist Rubio provides a finely researched counter-narrative to Thayer's life on her blog. Nevertheless, the account clearly had an impact on the parents who were convicted that Bathsheba's spirit haunted their home. At first, the ghost used to be at first, the ghost used physical force to urge Carolyn to leave. A pinch here, a slap there, but the new torture grew worse. Soon it taunted Carolyn with fire and stabbed her with what Carolyn describes as a needle. When Carolyn and her family finally when Carolyn and her family still didn't leave, the spirit possessed Carolyn from within. Enter the Warrens. Ed and Lorraine Warren were paranormal investigators best known for their involvement in the Amityville Horror and the possessed Annabelle doll. Upon their arrival at the parent home, Lorraine instantly sensed the darkness, emanating from Carolyn. In an attempt to free the family from their haunting, the Warrens set about spiritually cleansing the household. The family's frightful idea, frightful ordeal inspired the 2000 
13 horror flick, The Conjuring, directed by Saw's James Wan. Lorraine Warren served as a consultant to the director and screenwriters. The film pays particular attention to Carolyn's possession and the cleansing conducted by Ed and Lorraine. In reality, however, the Warrens did not solve the Perrin family's spectral problems. In fact, the paranormal researchers only seemed to further aggravate the dark forces at work. The parents, the parents remained bound to their house in the horrors for years due to financial constraints. Finally, in 1980, they were able to sell the property. The parents fled to Georgia, far from the darkness of the Arnold Estate. Paranormal forces reportedly followed the family southward. Through their present-day encounters, they're far less extreme than those experienced by the Rhode Island farmhouse. Andrea, the eldest of the parent children, has since penned a three-volume series called House of Darkness, House of Light that chronicle the family's chilling experiences. I have always really loved The Conjuring Story. I knew when I saw that movie that I needed to know everything. Um, the book, actually, House of Darkness, Hearts of Light, is kind of hard to come by. You can't really find it at normal bookstores. Um, you have to buy it online. Um, I recommend getting used ones. It's fine. Um, the book is it's very intriguing. It really brings a lot of things to light. Um, I definitely suggest checking it out. I really love these stories. I, I, I know that Real Ghost Stories Online is another paranormal podcast. You probably have heard of them far before you heard about me. In their earlier episodes, they actually have an interview with the daughter, Andrea. She goes in to talk about what it was like to live in that home. So that is really cool. I will try and find a link to that to add to the blog section of thehauntedestate.com. I really hope that you enjoyed all of those stories because you know what? I did. Thank you so much, Queen Peaches, Queen X Peaches. That is all she wrote for today's episode of The Haunted Estate. If you really love us, it would mean the world to me. If you could go onto iTunes, leave us a rate or a review. Those are what make us visible to other people. And if you really love me, share your share the podcast with your friends and your family. So thank you very much. And I hope to see you very soon, my little spookers. Come with me, my love, to say the sea of love. I wanna tell you how much I love you. Do you remember when we met this day? I know you're my pet. I wanna tell you how much I love you. Come with me, my love, 
to see the sea of love. I want to tell you how much I love you. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.